0: If you have a physical Bible, can you raise it up for me? Raise it up. So Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are good, that your word is active, it's living. And so this morning, God, I ask that you, that you would move through my words. God, that it wouldn't be my words this morning, but it would be your word. And so Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, so Genesis chapter 15. This is the story of Abraham. I don't know if you guys know who Abraham is, but he's really cool. I think he's really cool. I really like him. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. And you'll see why here in a little bit. But this morning we're talking about our faith. We're talking about a reset. We've gone from our perspective, our thinking, our attitude, and we've reset those things. We've we've given we've been given practical steps on how to reset those things. And this morning I was thinking about this, and I was praying about it, and there was one of two routes I wanted to take um, when preaching this. Um, But I think I'm going to go with the one that I originally um, felt from the Lord. And so the two routes were this. I was going to either preach on how we can reset our faith and what practical steps we can take to reset and to help change our thinking. Again, just changing our perspective and resetting our faith and rewiring what we're what we're believing but I really felt the Lord say that faith is a reset. That when you have faith, things are reset. And, and it might sound a little weird. It might sound just like, okay, cool. But this is what I was thinking. It's, it's one of those things that... <laughs> it's one of those things where faith is not something that you and me can do on our own. I don't know if you guys know this, but faith is a gift. We have the gift of faith. Faith was given to us. You need God to know God. You can't believe in the Lord without Him. It's impossible to have faith without God. And I've seen it so many times. I've had so many conversations with people that don't believe in the Lord, people that are atheists, people that that believe maybe there's a higher power, this or that, but no matter what we do in life, it requires faith. But you can't have faith without the Lord. And so even the people that believe wrong or believe what we would say is wrong, they still have the Lord in them, and they just don't know it. And so I'm going to unpack this a little bit more, but I just want to give you guys some context. So we're going to be in in the story of Abraham, Genesis 15. So here we go. I'm going to read. Um, You can follow along with me. Genesis 15, verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? seeing that I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. So keep, this, this is the moment where, where Abraham is looking at his life, and he has not had a son. And so back in the Bible days, back in this time, you always wanted to have a son, because the son is who carries on the name. Son is the, the one that carries on the, you know, your generation to generation. And so Abraham's a little bit upset because he hasn't had a son yet, and he says, look, You have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And it says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. So the Lord in this moment is giving him a promise. He's saying that, You're going to have a son, and your descendants are going to be more than the number of stars in heaven. The number of stars in the sky, you're going to have more descendants than, you you won't even be able to count how many generations are going to come from you. And this is one of the most important verses in the Bible, in my opinion, because this gives us us a base, this gives us a, a base for our faith because this is what faith is. It says, and, and Abram believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So that means that your faith is righteousness. Whether you put works to your faith or not, your faith is righteousness. I, I see it in, in, in the New Testament. It says without, without works, your faith is dead. Without works, your faith is dead. But Genesis fifteen six says that his faith was righteousness. And so I just want to encourage someone this morning, if this is your first time back in church, or this is your first time worshiping, and this is your first time maybe getting back into this, and you haven't been here in months and months and months, it's okay. Because the moment that you believe in the Lord, you are considered righteous in His eyes. That you are considered righteous in His eyes when, you're, when you have faith. And so we're going to keep going because I think this story is really, really cool. And you're going to see why in Hebrews chapter 11. But then we kind of move forward um, and it goes to, let's go to chapter 16. So this is a moment where Abram has a wife. Her name is Sarai. And Abram and Sarai, they've been married for a long time and they've yet to have a kid. And so there was this moment in in, in chapter 15 where Abram got a promise from the Lord saying that he's going to have descendants. He's going to have a kid from his own body. He's going to have this. He has this promise from the Lord. And then in chapter 16, it says that Sarai went to Abram and said, look, I cannot have a kid. I don't know what's going on, but we have this servant. And she is willing, and I want you to take her as your wife. Imagine, guys, if your wife came up to you and was like, hey, we can't have kids. I want you to marry someone else. Have a kid with them, and then it'll be ours. Like, that's super weird. That is super If someone came up to me and was like, hey, uh, do you think it's a good idea? My wife just told me that I should marry this other girl so we can have a kid. Do you think that's good I'd be like, no, what are, what are you talking about? That's silly. Like, what we... no, that's stupid. And so this didn't make sense to me, when I read it. But Sarai was like, look, she could have your kid, and it'll just be considered ours. And I was like, man, this is super weird. So Abram's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll have another, another wife, whatever. So he goes, and it says that he went into Hagar, that was her name, and she conceived. And when she saw, when Hagar saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. And then Sarai said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarai, indeed your maid is in your hand, do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. So they had this kid. They're having this kid, and this is Sarai and Abram's kid. I mean, this is Hagar and, and Abram's kid. And then we we move on towards, and this is such a crazy story, because why would they do that? But this is what, this is what I think. Have you ever gotten a promise from the Lord? And, hold on, before I keep going, it's really, really quiet in here. So if I say anything that's decent, can you say something back? Like, hey, that's good. Hey, amen, or something. Because it's just like really quiet. And I feel like I preach better if you're talking back. So let's make this a conversation. Um, It gets really awkward when someone's just up here and it's really quiet. So I want you guys to talk back. Give me a little bit of response. Let me know that you're not sleeping like my dog was last night. So if you could, just give me a little bit of response. That'll be cool. But have you guys ever gotten a promise from the Lord? Have you ever gotten a promise from the Lord and you felt like there was no possible way that you can do it? Because I remember moments where I I was with the Lord. I was alone with God. And he told me things that I never thought that I could do. He told me things that I never thought that I could see myself doing. He told me when I was 15 years old that I would be a pastor. When I was 15 years old, I looked at God and I said, no way. There is no way I would ever be a pastor. And here I am, being a pastor. And sometimes it's really weird to look at, or it's really weird when I'm having conversations with my friends, or I meet someone, they're like, oh, hey, what do you do? And it's just like, it's, sometimes it's weird, but I never thought that the promise that the Lord gave me would come to pass because of who I am, and because of where I was at in my life. Because at that time, I wasn't following the Lord. I wasn't fully aware of His presence. I wasn't, I knew who God was, but I wasn't fully committed to Him. And so I thought to myself, there's no way that someone like me, someone so prideful, someone so angry and mean, could be someone that's supposed to shepherd people and love people through their mistakes and through their hurt. I never thought that I could do that. And in the same way, Abram had this moment where he looked at God and he said, there's no way that I could do that. And this is where it is. So, so we keep going in, in, um, in 16 and 17. And, and this is just where Abram gets this promise from the Lord. And I want to show this to you because this is, this is so crazy because he was with God and I'll start um, chapter 17 verse 15. It says then God said to Abraham As for Sarai your wife you shall not call her you shall not call her name Sarai but Sarah. So this is the moment where the Lord came to Abram and changed his name to Abraham and said that he would be the father of many nations and now he's changing Sarai's name to Sarah. And then in verse 17 it says then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who was 100 years old and his wife that was 90 years old bear a child. Imagine being 100 years old and your wife being 90 and the Lord coming up to you and say, hey, you're going to have another kid or hey, you're going to have your first kid and you're 90 years old. I've never had a kid before. I'm not a woman. But for those of you who have had kids, I heard it's painful I heard that it's, it's hard, and I admire you guys for walking through that. Um, you guys are amazing. shout outs to my mom for carrying me. But like nine months of having a kid inside of you growing, the pains, the hurt from it, the aching, the, the soreness, all of this stuff that I've never had to deal with, and maybe you dealt with it when you were 20, 25, 30, whatever, But imagine being 90 years old and having to carry a child for nine months and then give birth. And this is like in the days where there was no pain medication. There was no like, hey, let's have a quick C-section and and put you to sleep. I, I don't know how it works, but like that was not around at the time. Right? That was not around at the time. And so Abraham is given this promise from the Lord that they would have a kid at 190 years old no way. I I don't even believe that. I don't believe that that would happen. That's crazy. That's absurd to think about. And Abraham did exactly what we all would have done, and he fell on his face, and he laughed at God. I have been in the same position as Abraham, where the Lord has given me a promise, like I said, and, and I laughed at him because I thought there was no way that I could do this. There's no way that I could do this. And then we move on to to a little bit further in chapter 18. It says, The Lord appeared to Abraham in the likeness of three men. So the Lord came to Abraham in the likeness of three men, and when Abraham saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. He bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts after that you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran over to his wife and said, hey, make ready this meal. Get this for me. I'm going to go get a calf. We're going to kill it. We're going to prepare it. And so he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it before the three men. And so this is before the Lord. The three men is the Lord. And he said it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And then they said to Sarah, the Lord said to to Abraham, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. So again, he he redeems the promise. Even though Abraham had previously laughed at it, he comes back and he repeats it. And he says, hey, you're going to have a kid. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. They were well advanced in age, is what it says. Kids, teenagers, young people, don't call people old. Say that they're advanced in their years. They're advanced in their age. It sounds cool. It sounds better. Hey, how old is she? She's advanced. She's advanced in her years. (laughs) And it says... Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. She's already 90 years old. Therefore, and this is Sarah, the wife, Sarah laughed within herself. And she said, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And she's saying, am I really going to have, you know, am I going to have this kid? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Have you ever been called out by the Lord for something that someone else has done? And they're like, hey, why did you let them do that? They're like, hey, why did, why did you, why did your husband do that? Why did your wife do that? And that's what he says to Abraham. Hey, why did she do that? But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, even though it literally just said she laughed. And then he said, no, but you did laugh. Have you ever tried to lie to God and be like, hey, no, I didn't do that? And he's like, yeah, you did. Like, no, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. And so this is what's, this is what's happening. So setting up this whole picture, this is what the Lord is doing. He's giving them a promise. They try to take it into their own hands. They try to achieve it on their own. They try to have a kid with another woman so that could be their son. And it didn't work out. But the Lord is still faithful. He still blessed that kid. He still blessed Abraham. He still blessed Sarah. And then he comes back and he says, even though you did not believe, here is your promise. So then we're going to move on to chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah, and he said, And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. So it happened. The promise came to pass exactly when the Lord said it would. The promise came to pass. And I felt like when I was reading this, Abraham and Sarah felt like those people that are like, you have to see it to believe it. You know what I'm talking about? Like those people that are like, oh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. And I feel like there are so many people in our generation that are just like that. I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. You say your God is good. Well, I'll believe it when I see it because right now my mom just passed away. I'll believe it when I see it. You say that your God is faithful, but, but I'm broke right now. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. And for a moment, in Genesis 15:6, it says that Abraham believed and he accounted it to him as righteousness. But the following chapters is when Abraham's doubt came in. And he believed the promise of the Lord. And then it came back and it was like, ah, I don't know if this is going to happen. And then it happened. And they believed. And so we're going to move on to Hebrews chapter 11. This is where I'm going to get, and I'm going to close it out. We're talking about faith. We're talking about reset. There are so many ways to reset your faith. There are so many ways to reset what you're doing. Maybe you're in your your life right now, and you've fallen into something that you're not supposed to be in. Maybe you're in a relationship that you're not supposed to be in. Maybe you're afraid because you don't have a job and you don't know where your finances are going to come from because unemployment's running out. You're afraid that you're not going to have what you need to move forward. You're afraid that the people around you are leaving you and you're not going to have friends anymore. And you need a reset. Maybe you don't know what you're going to do next. Maybe you don't know where you're going in your life, but you need a reset. And Pastor Chris has talked about it. He talked about changing our attitude, changing our perspective, being uh, grateful for the things that we have, being content with where we're at. And those are things that can help reset your faith when you're thankful. And when you see what the Lord has done, it gives you faith for what He'll do. But I just want to say that faith is a reset for you. And this is why. Hebrews chapter 11, this is known as the Hall of Faith. We have the Hall of Fame with sports, but I feel like in the Bible, this is the Hall of Faith. And I have a few more minutes, so I'm going to keep going, but this is where it starts. Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And this is what it goes into. Um, Verse 4, verse 5, verse... 7 verse 8 sorry verse 9 10 11 this is what it goes into it says by faith abel offered to god a more excellent sacrifice than cain and then it goes on to tell the story of abel and then it says by faith enoch was taken away so that he did not see death verse 7 by faith noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen he, he he literally built an ark never having seen rain before Rain had not happened when God said, hey, build this ark. They had never seen rain before. If you read it and you biblically look at it and scientifically, um, it talks about the earth being like fermented and all this stuff going on. And it it basically means that there was never rain. And Noah built an ark knowing that the Lord had said, hey, it's going to flood. And they had no idea what a flood was. But he built this ark. And so it's going through and it's saying by faith, everyone did these things. By faith. And then it goes into verse 8. And this is where, you know, this blew my mind right here. It says, By faith, Abraham opened, or he obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And then verse 11, it says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she passed the age, because she judged God as faithful, who had promised. That's not what I just read. In Genesis, that's not what I read. I did not read that. It says, by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. She bore a child when she she was past the age, because she judged him as faithful. Faithful. But when I read Genesis 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, going through that, the entire time, Sarah doubted. She did not believe that she would have a kid. She did not believe the word of the Lord. But in Hebrews chapter 11, God doesn't recognize their doubt. God doesn't even acknowledge. They don't mention that she laughed. They don't, it doesn't mention that Abraham and Sarah had doubted. All it mentions is that they believed. And this is why faith is a reset. Because the moment you believe, God no longer sees who you were. He sees who you're becoming. And when I read this, it, it changed me. It shifted my heart because there have been moments where I felt the Lord give me a promise. And I doubted it. And then it came to pass. And I remember being in those moments where I looked at the Lord and I said, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't believe what you told me. Have you ever had that moment where you were promised something, you didn't believe it would happen, and then it did? And then you felt guilty and you were upset. Because, God, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. God, I'm sorry I didn't believe that you told me that this would happen. I'm sorry I didn't believe it when you told me at first. And God looks at you in that moment, and he forgets that you ever doubted in the first place. The only thing that he sees is your faith. And he accounts it as righteousness. Genesis 15, 6. And so if you're in the place in your life right now where you haven't seen the word of the Lord come to pass and you haven't seen the promises that He said He was going to give you and you haven't seen the finances that He said He would give you and you haven't seen the wife He said He was going to give you and you haven't seen the job that He said He was going to give you and you haven't seen the church or the family that you were supposed to have and you're afraid that it's not going to happen and you're doubting ask God for the gift of faith. Ask God for faith because He's the only one that can give you faith. You can't give yourself faith. So Lord, in this room right now, in the areas that we've doubted, in the areas and the moments where where we've heard your word and we've seen your promise, but we haven't seen it come to pass yet, God, would you give us the gift of faith? Would you give us the ability to see and to believe? Would you give us the ability to call it as though it was? So, Father, I thank you that you don't see our mistakes, that you don't see our doubt, God, that even when we're faithless, Even when we're unfaithful, even when we turn away from the things that you have given us, even when we're far away from you and we feel like we can't get back, you're faithful. You've always been faithful. No matter how far I go, no matter what I get myself into, no matter the people that are around me, you're faithful. Your word says, Lord, that when you come back riding on the horse, you're not going to be known as mighty warrior. You're not going to be known as provider. You're not going to be known as this or that. But you're going to be known as faithful and true. It says that when you come back, you're going to be known as faithful and true. That the world will see you as faithful and true. So Father, I thank you that you are faithful and you're true to your word. And that when you give us a promise, we don't have to put it in our own hands. We don't have to try to make it happen on our own. We don't have to try to go out and and do this and work for it. But it's in your hands. And you're faithful and you're true. So, Lord, I thank you that we can look in the Old Testament and we can look at it in the New Testament and we can see your heart through it all. That we can see your heart through the entire Bible. That it's not that you were an angry, bad God that killed people over and over. But throughout the entire thing, you're faithful and you're true. Throughout the entire thing, we see a merciful king, a loving father. So, Lord, we love you. And God, right now, I just pray for everyone in the room that's been doubting, that's been afraid, that doesn't know where they're going, that doesn't know what's next for them. And I pray that you would show them and you would reveal yourself to them. For me in my life, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you reveal your heart to me? Would you reveal our next step? Would you reveal where we need to go, where this is going to come from, what we need to do? And stop trying to do it on our own, Lord, but we would fully trust that you have it in your hands. So, Lord, we commit this to you. We commit our time to you. We commit our hearts to you. We commit this word to you. Every promise that you've given us, it will come to pass. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.